The Phillies started game one of a three-game series in St. Louis last night, and it did not go well. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, May the 7th, as we come off a disappointing series opener in St. Louis last night. The Phillies get waxed by the Cardinals six to nothing. Nothing going offensively, nothing going from a pitching perspective, just unable to make anything happen. Just really, to be honest, a, a lifeless, flat effort on the road. Miles Mikolas able to shut down the Phillies lineup for seven shutout innings. The Phillies unable to keep runs off the board as well. We saw bad Vincent Velasquez again last night. Phillies dropped to 19 and 15, still in first place, but... This team has really been a disappointment on the road this season as they just can't seem to get it done on the road. Just a, a massively different team on the road with the loss. Yesterday, they fall to 5-8 and eight on the road this season as opposed to a solid 14-7 and seven record at the bank. The club struggles on the road. And last night, we talked about this series heading into St. Louis as a measuring stick series of sorts and so far not a great measuring stick for the Phillies. as again the Cardinals just beat them from top to bottom last night at no point did it really feel like the Phillies had a real chance to win the game the Phillies again fall six and nothing let's dive into the loss unfortunate as it may be uh, let's start at the top Vincent Velasquez just a horrendous outing from Velasquez only last four innings last five earned runs in the outing how about this number does this sound familiar five walks from Vince Velasquez only three strikeouts four hits allowed he lost nine base runners in the four innings a couple home runs as well gives up a home run to lot Yadier Molina in the fourth and then two more in the fifth one to Matt Carpenter and then another to Paul DeYoung and the Cardinals add another in the fifth. Uh, that one off Edgar Garcia in his major league debut gets called up for the Phils. Eniel De Los Santos sent to the minors. And Garcia comes in, uh, does give up a run, ultimately able to get out of the inning. Phillies, no more damage after that, but the damage was already done again. A six to nothing loss. And again, Velasquez, look. I talked about Velasquez after his last outing and the thought that, yes, even though he had been pretty good so far this season, that I hesitate to trust Vincent Velasquez because we've seen this story too many times with Vincent Velasquez. He's shown the flashes of brilliance. He's shown the upside, and he always reverts to the guy we saw last night and Two starts ago wasn't all his fault. The defense certainly didn't help him out in the loss to the Tigers. But this time around, you can place the vast majority of the blame for this one on Vinny as Velasquez just doesn't trust his stuff. Able to sit on the fastball if you're a hitter. Why would you swing it into the off-speed stuff? It is just nowhere near uh, uh, the plate and very clearly... Uh, subpar stuff, and Velasquez just gets taken advantage of by a really good Cardinals lineup as they are uh, pretty relentless with Goldschmidt and DeYoung and Ozuna and 
Molina and Wong, and they just got a lot of talent in that lineup. Jose Martinez, they're a good team. But even still, I think it's, uh, look, I know, again, it's only been two bad starts for Velasquez, but I didn't trust him coming into the season. I think it's time already to start questioning Velasquez as a a season-long answer as your fifth starter. I would certainly say that Jared Eikhoff has already passed Velasquez handily in terms of guy I trust in the pitching staff type of rankings. I think Eikhoff's your four-starter, Velasquez your five-starter, and look, Nick Pavetta's looked pretty good down in uh, in AAA, 14 strikeouts a couple starts ago, 10 strikeouts in his last start. I wouldn't be that shocked if you see one or two more bad Velasquez outings that they decide to make the move and bring Pavetta back up and put him in the starting rotation. I think down the road there's a trade to be made for a starter, whether it's Madison Bumgarner or someone else. Regardless, I don't think Vincent Velasquez, if I had to bet right now, come the end of the season, I would bet Velasquez isn't in the rotation because he just hasn't gotten the job done. Consistently hasn't gotten the job done. Start to start hasn't gotten the job done. And again, I don't want to make light of the fact that he was pretty solid in his first few outings this year, but we've just seen this guy too much. And I'm not going to get fooled into believing that Vincent Velasquez, that the tantalizing stuff is going to translate into a quality major league starting pitcher. And I hope the Phillies aren't either because it's starting to get to that time where it's just hard to continue to roll him out every fifth day and believe in him. Velasquez, two starts prior to two starts ago, he had an area of 199. It is up to 386 now. 98 pitches in four innings. It is just, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's getting very frustrating to watch. Speaking of frustrating to watch, the offense last night, incredibly frustrating as well. Felt like they didn't know they'd gotten off the team plane in St. Louis. Only five hits all game long. McCutcheon, Segura, Cesar Franco, and then Nick Williams who pinch hit and got it. That's it. Those are your five hits for the game. Just uh, 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 no one with more than one hit. Unable to get anything going offensively. The core of the lineup, Harper and Hoskins, go 0 for 4 and 0 for 4. Harper, obviously, just a um, mired, mired in a deep slump. Strikes out uh, again a couple times last night as Harper is on pace for an insane number of strikeouts. He already has. In his last 21 games, Bryce Harper's batting 185 with 28 strikeouts. He's got two homers, 15 for 81. He's batting 226 on the season. Rough stuff right now from Bryce Harper, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. I'm not worried in the the long term sense of it all. I'm more. I'm not even really worried about Harper this season. I, I do think that he will turn it around. He will be okay. This is. The type of player he's always been, he always goes through streaks and cold slumps and whatnot, but this is certainly frustrating to watch as he does look lost at the plate. It seems like he's not sure what the issue is and can't correct the mechanical flaw that that must be happening. But he, again, look, he's not catching up to fastballs. That's bad. When Bryce Harper is not catching up to fastballs, that's always been the the calling card is that whatever else has gone wrong, Harper was still able to pound fastballs. He is not catching up to fastballs. We saw it again last night, just unable to catch up to a good fastball. Look, again, I, I, I expect Harper to make adjustments. I expect Harper to be okay, but 
Right now he isn't. Right now he is. Uh, it, look, it might be time for Gabe to give him a day off. This team is playing, uh, uh, starting with the game yesterday, they play 23 games in 24 days. They have an off day on Thursday, and then they're playing a lot of baseball for a while. And I, I think it might be time to give Bryce a day off. Give Bryce a day off. Let him try and recalibrate a little bit. Focus on the fundamentals. He's been pressing. It seems like he's been pressing, and as he gets more and more into the slump, he's pressing more. His numbers at home far worse than on the road. I think maybe in front of that home crown pressing even more. But regardless, there's no question right now that Harper's the main concern struggle-wise on this team. But in general, also, we've talked about it a lot. And while this team certainly shows their high ceiling sometimes, we far more often uh, have seen the inconsistencies. And a team that can put up a, a you know seven spot one night, an eight spot one night, and then get shut out the night after that, it's really... It's incredibly frustrating to watch, to be blatantly honest, as this team is somewhat maddening on a night-to-night basis. We discussed uh, last week the potential for uh, starting to to question what John Maley is doing as, you know, look, uh, uh, when you have this much talent, and again, we've seen the upside. We've seen how easy it could be for this offense where when they can get going, they can put up crooked numbers really quickly. We just haven't seen it happen enough. We haven't seen it happen consistently enough. This team is a uh, a Jekyll and Hyde type of squad from one night to the other. And again, with the talent they have from an offensive perspective, that's that's not acceptable. They're too good. They are too talented to be so maddeningly inconsistent. And to have so many performances where they come out flat, maybe that's more of a Gabe issue. That's something that maybe Gabe needs to correct, but... There are just too many times where this team comes out just flat. And we saw it again last night. We saw it in the first game of the Tigers series. It seems like at least one game a series, literally at least one game a series, this team is not going to show up. And that's uh, that's something that's on Gabe. And I think the lineup issues, the inconsistency is something to question mainly about, but on a, a macro basis, a team that's not showing up for every game, that's something the manager needs to start looking into. Because you can't tell me that they showed up for that baseball game last night. You can't tell me that they showed up for game one of the Tiger series. There have just been too many examples of this team just not showing up on a night-to-night basis you know I mean we've seen it over and over and over again this team didn't show up for that Detroit game they didn't show up for the first game of that Miami series when Nola pitched they didn't show up for the Mets series the first two games of that they didn't show up for pretty much the entire run in Colorado too many times too often this team doesn't show up and they are way too talented to not show up and also organizationally speaking, when you make it a point of sending Nick Pavetta down, the guy who had, you know, the best spring training, according to everybody on the the organization and according around the team and and everyone watching and everyone's all pumped up about Pavetta. He starts game two of the series. And then the Phillies make the decision to send him down to the minors because every game matters. And I thought it was a great decision at the time because Like I just said, and like they said, every game matters, and it should. This is a division that, as we've seen, can be up and down. Yes, the Mets and the Nats have played pretty bad baseball lately, but 
still talented rosters. The Phillies and Braves, both clearly talented rosters. There's a lot of talent in this division. Winning this division matters. You don't want to have to play a one-game wildcard game to get into the, the playoffs, to get into the dance, the real dance. Especially when you don't have Ace Nola right now to count on for that game. I mean, you know, what if you're matching up with a, a team uh, that can just throw an ace at you? You know, what if it's the Nationals and it's Max Scherzer? What if it's the Mets and it's Jacob deGrom? So, uh, you know, look, I uh, while I'm not going to panic over games in April, I'm not going to panic over games in May. I do think that it is important that this team have that mentality of every game matters because this is a division where come the end of the season, I think every game could matter. And a team could win the division by one or two games. And we could look back at some of these games in April and May where this team just did decided not to show up for a game, just played listless baseball or went down early and just checked out. And we could look back at those games and say, well, damn it. That's where the season went. That's why we're playing a one-game playoff. That's why we missed out on winning the division or whatever it is. And again, I'm saying this about a team that is in first place at the moment. So not overreacting, just something to be aware of and something that, at least in my opinion, Gabe needs to get a handle on because, you know, it's very clear to us, the uh, the viewer, the, the fan, anyone watching the games, that there are certain nights where this team just doesn't have the same chutzpah that they have most other nights. And again, they're clearly playing good enough baseball to be in first place, but uh, every game is going to matter in this division, and there are just too many nights so far where this team just doesn't show up. Again, it feels like at least one a series. This team just decides to not play their best baseball. And look, again, I'm not saying it's a conscious decision. I'm not saying they're purposefully tanking or anything like that. I'm just saying that sometimes, look, it's a long season. Baseball's a grind. It is uh, wears you down. And I think that sometimes this team has a tendency early on to maybe not come to play every single day like they need to, and that's going to be crucial. This is a team that's going to need to show up every day to get to where they want to be. All right, coming up, uh, we will a uh, couple injury updates, and uh, we will also look ahead as this team, starting last night, get this, the next 36 games the Phillies will play are against non-division opponents. They will not face that aforementioned tough NL East, or at least competitive NL East, for quite some time. We'll dive into the schedule and what it looks like and a whole lot more coming up. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up in a few minutes. We will look ahead. To the 36-game stretch coming up against non-divisions opponents as the Phillies will um will get it going here. Uh, quick uh, injury updates, and then uh, uh, we will look ahead to the schedule, and then some Jimmy Rollins action as uh, Rollins retired over the weekend. Forgot to mention that yesterday. We'll get to that coming up as well. But first, quick injury notes from yesterday. The Phillies, uh, Gabe Kapler talking before the game. Scott Kingery could be running the bases apparently by the end of this week which uh, would be a real step in the right direction. Obviously, the hamstring, we've talked a lot about that issue. It can linger. It is a tough one to really know when a player is good to go. But I think if he's running the bases, that is clearly a good sign that he can test that hamstring, get it going. So a good sign for Kingery. And then also, apparently, in a a best-case scenario, as it was labeled, David Robertson could be playing catch. 
by the end of the week. And uh, I think just the fact that Robertson um, could be throwing soon in any facet is a, a good thing, as, as I've discussed. You hear elbows, elbow soreness. Uh, I, my mind goes to the worst places. So the fact that they seem somewhat optimistic about Robertson is a good sign. I still need to see him throw and not have soreness and get back and all that before I'm not going to be worried about him. But seems like those are some good signs from the injury front. Coming up in a minute, we'll talk about Jimmy Rollins. But first, let's take a look at this. It is a crazy thing to think about that the next 36 games the Phillies will play will be against non-division opponents. Uh, well, now 35 after last night. We have the three in St. Louis, then an off day, and then they play a lot of baseball in a row. Off day. Then they head to Kansas City for a little interleague baseball rematch in the 1980 World Series. Obviously, the Phillies got the best of that one. Hopefully, they can uh, continue to own the Kansas City Royals. And then uh, seven-game week next week as they continue their slate against non-division opponents. This is a tough week of baseball here as they will host the Milwaukee Brewers for four games Monday, May 13th through Thursday, May the 16th. Then they will host the Colorado Rockies for a three-game set that weekend as obviously the Rockies handled the Phillies out in Colorado. Hopefully the Phillies can return the favor when the Rockies come to town. The non-division stretch continues as they head to the Midwest again to Chicago, a four-game stretch in Chicago. The Cubs playing pretty darn good baseball themselves right now at the top right there of the uh, division with the Cardinals uh, in the uh, the Central. And the Brewers right behind them. The Phillies after going to four in Chicago will head to Milwaukee for three. And then after that, they will come back home an off day there and they will host these same St. Louis Cardinals. And then how about this? They head to Los Angeles for four, uh, for three games in Los Angeles, then three in San Diego before heading home to finish out this stretch of 30, now 35 straight games against non-division opponents. They will host the Cincinnati Reds and then four, uh, three with the Arizona Diamondbacks before finally heading to Atlanta. Then it's a stretch of games against the NLEs. They have Atlanta, they have Washington, they have Miami, they have New York, they have Miami, so they're going to be back at the NL East soon enough, but a, a long stretch of baseball there. And look, this is going to be a tough stretch of baseball. Let's not sugarcoat it. Obviously, the three here in St. Louis already down one game there. Then Kansas City. Kansas City are not very good team. But after that, four versus Milwaukee, three versus Colorado, both playoff teams from last year. Team One team's already handled the Phillies this year, both very good baseball teams. The Rockies playing better ball. The record's not there yet, but a good team. Then to Chicago for four. The Cubs, as we mentioned, one of the better teams in the National League record-wise. Then three uh, in Milwaukee, a Brewers team we already mentioned. Pretty darn good. St. Louis comes to town. Just mention how good St. Louis is. And just think about the scheduling and how tough this is. As they go to Chicago for four, Milwaukee for three, then they come home for a three-game set for St. Louis, only to head right back out to the West Coast for three against Los Angeles and three in San Diego. That is some tough scheduling, both from the teams they're playing and the traveling they're doing, especially, look, uh, they play all the best teams in the National League here. The Brewers, the Rockies, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and even the Padres are playing decent baseball, but... Those first five, I mean, those are the best teams in the National League. That's the creme de la creme. This is a serious stretch of baseball coming up here in the month of May. 
There's going to tell us a lot about this Phillies team and where they're at. We talked about this Cardinals series being a measuring six series, and obviously not off to a great start yet. But if this is a measuring six series, you could really look at the month of May. And, and again, it's early. We've seen how seasons can change very quickly, even later in the season, <clears throat> last year's Phillies. But um, it is a big measuring stick month for this team. A lot of really good teams on the docket, some travel, some tough road games. We're going to give a good feel for what type of team this Phillies team is, what type of team they can be over the next month of baseball. Again, a lot of non-division opponents, a lot of tough matchups. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Phillies fare. Hopefully they can do a better job getting back at it tonight in St. Louis. We'll look to that game in a couple minutes. First, I want to get back to it. Jimmy Rollins was, um, was uh, re- he retired over the weekend. And, uh, you know, had a nice ceremony down at Citizens Bank Park. Awesome to see. Shout out to Jimmy, obviously. Uh, We will love Jimmy forever. Anyone who was uh, around or a fan of the Phillies for that 2008 team and the 2007-2011 run um, will always love Jimmy. He's our guy. And uh, Rollins, uh, I I don't know if I necessarily am a huge fan of the retiring multiple years after you stop playing the game thing because you go back for the one-day contract and all that, but... Whatever. It was a nice night. I did think this was more interesting, though, is Jimmy, uh, you know, talking to some media and all that during this thing. And he did say uh, something interesting about the 07 11 Phillies. He said he saw it, thought they came up a little shorter than they should have. He said, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but I'd say we should have won three World Series titles. Three rings out of those five years where we were really on top. I would say give us a good three. Sometimes the best team doesn't always win. You come against a team that's hot, a team you're basically equal to regardless of what your record is or the matchup goes. Oh, Jimmy, I'm so with you. I'm so with you. Three's a lot to ask, but I definitely thought that that team should have, could have had one more. Two, I think, would have made that five-year run feel a little more complete. And Look, no one's complaining. They got us the first title in 28 years for the Phillies, the first in 25 years for the city of Philadelphia. Zero complaints. Very happy with what we got in 2008, and I will take it. But I definitely think Jimmy's right in the sense that they should have won more. They were a better team than one title. They were the best team in baseball a couple of those years. Obviously, 2011, the 102 wins, then bounced the first round of the playoffs. 09's the one that really stands out. I felt like they were better than that Yankees team. They could have beat that Yankees team. Uh, you know, if Hamels just has a, a decent season that year, they probably win it again. Just uh, a lot of things that didn't work out. But I, I definitely get Jimmy's sentiment. I feel him. I, I think they probably should have had one more. But again, not complaining one iota. Very happy. With what we got. All right, quickly, uh, before we look at tonight, quick mention yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, the Reds-Giants game was delayed in Cincinnati because of bees. A swarm of bees apparently was in the stadium. They had to delay the game. Never seen that happen before. Wonder if it'll happen again. I remember the, like, um, the uh, uh, flea-type bee uh, insects that were all over Jabba Chamberlain in the playoffs with the Indians. Yankees game, but never delayed by bees. So you live and you learn, you live and you see. That's the beauty of baseball. All right, tonight the Phillies and Cardinals back at it. Game two of the series. Big one for the Phillies after losing last night. They need to get back on the horse. Luckily, they have the guy you'd want on the hill to do it. 
as I do believe we will see more vintage Nola tonight than we have seen. Looked better in his last outing. I think tonight he gets back at it. I think we see a solid performance from Nola going up against Dakota Hudson, a young pitcher for the Cardinals who has struggled, to say the least, this year. The offense needs to get going. I do feel like lately they've bounced back after no-show type performances. I think they bounce back tonight. It's a big one. And then a day game tomorrow to round out the series. But tonight, a big one. We need Nola. Aaron Nola needs to go out and put this team on his back and say, all right, you came out flat last night. We all stunk. Let's go win one. I think that's what we see tonight. I hope that's what we see tonight. Either way, we will be back to talk about that and a whole lot more tomorrow. So thank you for listening to Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.